Vince and I have had an amazing relationship for many years. Many, many years. And it all began with WrestleMania number four in Atlantic City. Ladies and gentlemen, the President-elect of the United States, Donald John Trump. Mania. I am your co-host JP John Paz from the two-man power trip of wrestling. Of course, the other co-host, the world famous and globally known author, Mr. Lavi Margolin, the author of the Trump Mania book. Lavi, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. The big wheel rolls on. Yes, the big wheel keeps on rolling and uh just quickly because we were just kind of talking about this uh off air before we get into the topic of the week hillary clinton is now in the podcast game hillary clinton you and me both iHeartRadio, 24 episodes you gotta love that i think she heard how great we're doing she's like get me a piece of that <laughs> she wanted to get into the political world now week number seven here on the show it's going to be a donald trump the owner of monday night raw and Linda McMahon, the candidate for Senate. There is so much confusion abound as far as Donald Trump as he is named the owner of a TV show for a week. And Linda McMahon makes her first $50 million run for Senate. Can you smell what Barack is cooking? What do you think about that? I mean, this is quite a, uh, a big topic, but quite a cool one. Because, first of all, how the hell is you, are you the owner of just Raw? Right? Makes no sense. And then Linda boldly going for uh, the uh, candidate of Senate. This week is so big. I'm not even li living up to my promises last week. Last week, I promoted as two times, two times, two times run for Senate. We're only going to be able to talk about one time this week, but we're going to make it worth your while. Nice. Now, as far as some timely news, I want to talk about this first. The Rock has endorsed Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as a political and independent and centrist. Excuse me, a political independent and centrist. I voted for both parties in the past. In this critical presidential election, I am endorsing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Progress takes courage, humanity, strength, kindness and respect. We must all vote. What do you think about The Rock? This is kind of shocking. Yeah, so. You know, he's uh, he's flirted with politics before. So through the company lens, we could go back to 2000. Uh, many of us remember the Republican National Convention when he was a speaker and was interviewed on CNBC. And awkwardly, the um, commentator asked him what he's cooking. And he's... Um, he said uh, eggs or something like that, and nobody knew what he was talking about. Um, he was also at the DNC, so it didn't mean necessarily he was leaning one way or another, but there was um, some video of him sitting with the bushes. Um, then uh, speed up to, you know, 2016 election cycle, and, and shortly after that, 
there was some consideration on his part of actually running for president, but then he said he wasn't going to run this time that he had considered it in 2024, but now he's taking sides. Um, what I attribute it to for those that um, are uh, more on the Biden or Democratic side, when Trump said, uh, we'll see what happens if somebody asked about the peaceful transition of power. Um, a lot of people got freaked out about that, understandably. Um, interestingly, Stephanie McMahon celebrated the peaceful transition of power when Trump took office. So we'll see what happens. Hmm, interesting. I just think it's crazy that The Rock, who, you know, you're trying to be a, well, not trying, he is a giant movie star, but you never really see those guys for the most part, you know, kind of, I don't know, pick sides. It's almost like you don't want to go against a part of your audience that may be a paying customer of a ticket. So now if you're maybe a Trump supporter, you might not be going to see The Rock in a movie or, you know, maybe you're not going to follow his TV show or something. Do you think that's a little bit of a misstep on his part or nah, we'll forget about it and well, everyone will move on? I think he sort of knew what he was getting into besides, I mean, you know, obviously he's very wealthy now, so I think he has less concern about like how many people will go see the movie, although you know he wants them to be as successful as possible. But when you open yourself up to that, you know, I didn't read the uh, the comments, but I'm sure there was some terrible things said to him and people threatening him is you know whenever I've had a tweet go a tiny bit viral, like the crazies come out. so I could just imagine if you're one of the biggest movie stars, so you have to deal with that and balance it. But I think if you know, this is something you really believe in, you know, now is the time and uh, being such a big star, it might help to sway some people. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of the point. He's definitely trying to sway some people, but I did see a lot of crazy comments that uh, they're not going to watch his movie anymore or his TV show. And if he wrestles Roman Reigns later on at WrestleMania next year, they're not going to watch Mania. Yeah, you hear all the, the crazy stuff from the fans, but you know, you, you, you're going to get that either way. And they'll they'll be the ones ordering it, I'm sure. They'll be booing from their TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be the heel. Um, also, this is just an interesting thing. You brought this to my attention. The McMahons are the 34th biggest donors in the election this year, over $4 million. Now, where does that kind of you know list them as far as you know maybe uh, some celebrities or, or you know big names as far as being a donor? Are they kind of the biggest name donor? And is 34th place even that? much to write home about so they're the third biggest in connecticut that's where i i got the um got the news there's a little graphic so i grabbed that before the paywall went up that wouldn't let me read the rest of the article um but 34th biggest 5.4 million so it's certainly um you know i don't know you know everyone in front of them but you know it's not the biggest <laughs> movers and shakers but certainly among the top 50 that's very influential and that's partly why Linda's in the position that she is because she's not raising as much as she is donating necessarily. So she will, will have influence there. And it's interesting how, I guess when you're married, it's always put together, but I have the feeling it's mostly Linda that's deciding on these donations and, and not necessarily Vince. He's worried about some other things right now. Now, since May, America First Action, run by Linda McMahon, has spent nearly $2.6 million on some 11,000 political Facebook ads. Kind of break this down for me as far as what she's doing and what she's up to as far as the ads and, and Facebook and really kind of putting a their own political spin on things. Right. So, you know, advertising on Facebook, especially political advertising, is something that's 
um, Facebook at least is trying to be a lot more careful about what was alleged was last time was a lot of um, Russian bots or um, different type of uh, malicious companies like that bought advertisements to sort of sow discontent among people. And um, that might have had an influence in the election. So everyone's watching things closely. So they're looking at people that are spending on political ads, um, what percentage of them have been deemed misleading. And uh, I'm not sure if that's that bad for a, a political organization for a PAC to have 11% of its ads be misleading, but that's where things stand. In a funny aside, on Twitter, since um, you know I post so much about our podcast and and the book, um, it actually says on the bottom when I tweet that I'm not allowed to to uh, spend advertising money on it because it's too political. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's cool. I didn't even know that it, they did that. That's cool. So let's go to 2008. Let's go 12 years ago. Acknowledging the voting influence a WWE viewership could have on the election, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John McCain appeared in pre-taped videos on the April 22nd edition of Raw. Do you think this is smart, helpful? You know, what do you kind of think of, of them doing this stuff for the wrestling audience? So for the WWE, first of all, it was, you know, sort of a big moment. <laughs> they, it didn't take them long to embarrass themselves out of it. But right, for them, right. it's a big moment yeah. to build credibility To because in the past they had invited presidential candidates to debate on their stage. And they only got so far as them filling out a questionnaire, if it was them at all, that, that filled it out. But certainly they had um, invested for... Um, eight years at this point in the SmackDown Your Vote. So building a profile there. And for the candidates, sort of um, if one is going to do it, the other one or, or ones will want to do it too. So, and, and they always have the right with sort of like equal time laws in, in regards to politics. So um, maybe two of the three of them weren't that interested, but whomever said first that they'll do it, um, the others followed along. Hillary Clinton, this is great, calls herself... Hillrod, John McCain says he's the Mac. Obama chose to invoke the rock and asking if the fans smell what Barack is cooking. McCain says the bottom line, you know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. When WB would replay Obama and McCain portions when they merged as candidates, Obama would be cheered and McCain would mostly be booed. Is that correct? Yes. So um, first of all, it's it's funny that rather than coming up with their own catchphrases or having the WWE help them, they sort of took the the most obvious ones. If you were like as peripheral a fan as can be of like stars that are still around, who can you mention? I'm sure they were already like say something about Hulk Hogan. Um, but uh, the, the latter point is actually really interesting because within the company um, sort of the common thought or the word that leaks out is that certainly management and a lot of the stars lean more conservative, but, and that sort of emerges as the narrative of fans, but it's interesting to see that, you know, uh, most fans when this was played at the arenas would be cheering for the democratic candidate. So, of course, you know, that doesn't take them long, not as far as the politicians, I mean, WWE long to kind of embarrass themselves and they bring out the impersonators. What is going on here? This debate or whatever the hell they're doing. It's almost like, OK, we got these huge names. This is huge for us. How can we make a joke of it? I mean, it was kind of a, a little confusing. Right. It's sort of like um, 
you have the biggest angle that you could run your peaking business and then suddenly you're like sort of like make it into comedy or like have them change from a good guy to a bad guy right at their most popular time and, and sort of like blow all of the money so you know it didn't take them more than an hour um although you know it was planned sort of to have these um uh, impersonators, Hillary and Barack sort of have this debate and then have all these hijinks. Um, Umaga, who we've talked about in the Battle of the Billionaires, he comes out and he's beating people up. An interesting point, though, is that it was the Democratic candidates that were made to look goofy, whereas uh, there was no McCain standing. Is that kind of just an obvious thing that Vince is a big time Republican? He's not going to make fun of McCain. I mean, is that kind of almost too obvious to say? Sort of in retrospect, that's that's what came across to me. I was sort of peripherally aware of it at the time, so I didn't think about it, but it sort of makes sense in retrospect. So Linda McMahon is nominated by Governor Jody Rell for a seat on the 11-member Connecticut State Board of Education in December 2008. Is this just kind of like one of those things that she's using this as a launching pad? Like, what's kind of the, the thought behind this? Right. So sort of when the news first emerged, it was sort of like, okay, whatever. You know, it's a very local centric piece. But as you could see, McMahon is sort of building her her pathway to get closer to what she wants. First, you know, for, for the company, she spoke before different athletic commissions and had an official representation role. But uh, more so politically, she had been donating um, for the last several years, larger and larger amounts. So here she's sort of getting her first um, nomination um, to a seat following um, nominating a, a former politician from Connecticut to their uh, board. There are questions at her confirmation hearing over steroid abuse allegations, sexual themes that the company's used in storylines. Is that just always going to kind of happen? Like the WWE, if, if somebody runs for election, they're going to point to storylines and they're going to just try to almost embarrass them. Like, oh, look what you did on TV and almost pretend it's like all Linda's fault that that happened. Yeah, that's that's sort of um, the, the common line of thinking. I mean, there's still been a number of embarrassing things following this, but, you know, there's less so in the modern age. Um, but, you know, it wasn't too far outside of the Attitude Era. And Linda, you know, she was sort of, she agreed to, obviously, but she was put in the position with some, you know, awkward moments herself. Um, but, you know, she never did anything really over the top, but, you know, she held a uh, executive level position with the company. So she should be... Um, call to task at least to speak about it. The most interesting part about it was one legislator, Representative Sean T. Johnson, told McMahon that when viewing WWE's website in advance of their meeting, that he had to quickly close his office door. I was afraid someone would think I was viewing pornography on a Capitol computer. Whoa. <laughs> that's, I don't know, I think that's a little, um, I don't know, a little extreme, you would just say. I don't know if that's necessarily a true statement, but in politics, I guess, you know, that's the uh, the games you play. Right. And um, later, a, uh, a reporter would actually um, make a similar reference as well, and WWE would sort of come out and, and try and suppress that. So... Don't don't accuse WWE of pornography, except they once um, uh, trademarked a um, a WWF strip club 
um, logo or image. You can sort of look that up in in that in those databases. Um, so so they flirted with the idea. I don't know how far, but um, but I wouldn't say that they were ever pornography. So McMahon will then credibly use Abe Lincoln of all people. Did you know that he traveled the world and you know was part of the uh, carnival circuit of professional wrestling? Is this just? you know her really kind of going overboard if they're going to go over the top she'll go over the top as well yeah that was a that was a bit of a stretch as as taz would say he was a shooter um i think he wrestled <laughs> wrestled some amateur i don't know sort of uh you know how the matches would end then if you had to submit or have your shoulders pinned squarely to um to the dirt floor or the, or the log cabin um but i don't think that he was on the uh the at the carnival circuit so McMahon served a little over a year in that role with her focus quickly turning to the U.S. Senate. What happened here? It was just one and done one year. Like That's it. Or she just wanted to go right to the Senate. So, yeah, I, I, I would imagine that she would see this sort of like as a stepping stone. But there were some new rules implemented that restricted her ability to remain and then pursue a Senate position. Um, members of the board were considered department heads, which limited political solicitations and contributions, although she did end up using her own. Uh, money. Uh, mostly, um, she just felt that it would be too restrictive and it might have been a good out anyway. On the June 15th, 2009 edition of Monday Night Raw from Shwoo, Charlotte, North Carolina, Vince McMahon announces that he has sold, quote unquote, sold Raw to Donald Trump, something that is just, you know, purely storyline is actually not true but it's just such a weird thing he sold raw like what what does that even mean like how, how does that even make sense and trump's not even there right i mean trump's not even at the, at the show to be handed the reins over right so we had um hey this confusing idea what does it mean to to sell a brand to somebody um and then there was the challenges that go back to the battle of the billionaires where um the video of trump Either it was a, a slow feed and it was hard to sort of sync it up live, um, kind of like how you have to wait on like uh, Skype or, or something like that. Or it was taped and McMahon sort of was trying to keep up and it was just a hard thing to do. Why did they do like what was the, the point of this? I mean, why exactly was McMahon selling raw not even like made clear? So what's you know, and Trump, what's his role here? Is he even going to be in attendance every week? This has never been done before, never been seen before. But what is it? I mean, why why is he the owner? What is it? He's not even going to be there. So right. So like I, I'd imagine for Trump, every time that he appears, it's, you know, uh, a pretty penny. Um, it won't put you $450 million in debt, as as the New York <laughs> Times reported that, that Trump uh, is facing over the next few years, but it, it, but it is expensive. Um, so, you know, as they've always done, they sort of limit his appearances. They try and get a video, and, and when he's there, sort of build towards that. But where was this going? Um, you know, it was so successful last time that one of the points of speculation, and Trump even mentioned it once, um, was that it would lead to a WrestleMania rematch, um, maybe with representatives once again for control of the company or for control of Raw, but things didn't work out that way. Uh, to me, I mean, obviously, ratings poised is the first thing uh, that it's going to be. I know they do. They have like a commercial free raw presented by Donald Trump and all this other stuff, but it's almost like I don't know. It's like 
very obvious that it was just a rating split. I don't even like know how to describe it. It was just one of those things. It's like, come on, like really, like it's just too silly uh, if if that's even possible in the world of wrestling, or even possible to say that. Yeah, I think it was like for people that follow it week to week, it didn't really make sense. But they were going for the mainstream viewer, um, always looking for love from people that don't really care about them that much unless they have, you know, somebody pop in once in a while, like uh, a Lawrence Taylor, or Mike Tyson or Floyd Mayweather. So they're they're always looking to to serve those fans uh, more so than their uh, ardent fans that that will be there week to week to week. Similar to the last interactions on the Titan Tron in 2007. Seamus time. Trump was speaking before McMahon had a chance to respond. Trump said that he was now the sole owner of Raw. He would make sure that the fans were shown the appreciation. McMahon denied uh, that he hadn't treated the fans well. What's the thing here? I mean, this is kind of just, I guess, a screw up by the production team. Um, yeah, I think it was just, it was just hard to keep up a little bit too amp ambitious especially you know thinking back 13 years ago and, and trying to do these things i've been at um you know even technology conferences um that uh sometimes they have a hard time you know even getting wi-fi or connecting to the internet and you're like wait it's google or facebook presenting like shouldn't this be like as smooth as possible so certainly at that time they'd be facing that challenge yeah it's interesting even late night tv shows you're watching today you know, years later, he still have challenges timing stuff and putting it in production miscues and stuff. So I guess, unfortunately, what happens with the, the biggest star that they're bringing in, Trump, and with Vince in the segment, I'm just unfortunate that it's happening. But like I just said, though, Trump is going to announce the following week program would air commercial free. Thanks to his generosity, McMahon thought Trump had lost his mind. Trump reminded Vince at the time he shaved his head. What's you know what what's going on here? It's just you know a simple back and forth between them, just kind of uh, you know, lay up, lay up, back and forth, just some comedy. So you know Trump uh, always wanted to be cheered, so they would always put him in in the position to mm-hmm. sort of win out, where he'd uh, remind McMahon of of you know one of the biggest moments, and also show that he's the one bringing the show commercial free, so all the fans would be excited. Triple H versus Randy Orton is announced in a last man standing match, giving away a match that could draw money on pay-per-view along with the commercial free episode were both genuine expenses for the promotion. WB or well, really USA paid WB 550,000 per episode of raw and would be compensated for the loss of commercial revenue. This would not be the end of giving away money in the Trump storyline. Is this uh, all storyline as far as, as how much money is involved here, or is this actually true? It seemed to be that um, uh, that it was a WWE-initiated idea that they got USA Network to go along with, and then they'd compensate USA for it. But I think the long-term thinking was that if we can get a, um, a hot story going and uh, a big rating, that it'll be worth it in the end. Sort of uh, sometimes when you're like your product is colder. You're always looking for like quick jumps to bring it back, but that, that never seems to happen. Who approached to about, um, you know, coming in, you think Trump approached him? Or you think Vince approached Trump? I think Trump is always open for business, but probably Vince approached him with, with the new idea. So really the, the most newsworthy thing that comes out of the USA network sends out press release regarding the sale saying that Trump buys raw First show is commercial free. 
and really, you know, the storyline sale was considered an actual financial transaction by many business outlets and the news organizations was picking it up, but then possibly realizing it's a storyline. What's the story here? I mean, are they smart enough to realize this or are they kind of almost trying to stay ahead of it and, and put out the story without really realizing it's a storyline? He didn't really buy raw. You know, when you send out a, a press release of this nature, sort of like you take it sort of like on its face. Okay, you know, Trump buys a portion of WWE, their raw brand or their, their program. So I don't think they tried to figure out exactly what that meant. Um, and they weren't given any like fake financial numbers, but they just took it and announced it. And it sort of was embarrassing to them because whomever is announcing it wants to be a credible news organization. Um, and uh, it was embarrassing to USA because um, now they lost face. Um, next time they send the press release, you know, some of these companies will, will be thinking about it more carefully. Yeah. I was going to say, if you put out a press release and it's not legitimate, doesn't that make you look bad? I mean, uh, that, that cannot uh, be good. So they're basically going to have to issue an apology, right? Right. So USA Network and WWE issued a press release on June 16th that referred to Monday Night Raw's storyline of a sale of WWE's Raw to Donald Trump. We intended the release to be promotional for that ongoing story arc of the series. There is no such actual sale. We apologize for any inconvenience. <laughs> oh, boy. It's just funny that, like... I guess you could still trick people in wrestling. You know what I mean? Even, even then you could still trick them into thinking that it's real and that, you know, a real sale went down. I just think that that's funny that they had to apologize is great too. Great kind of a marketing ploy. I'll, I'll say by Vince to get uh, Trump involved. So a press conference was held on the morning of the show. It was starkly a different look from the press conference held at Trump tower in New York city to support WrestleMania 23. This conference was held at the Austin Struble international airport in Wisconsin in the green Bay press Gazette. Kendra Maynard wrote that there are Mondays and then there are Mondays when Donald is in town. Guess which one is more fun? What is this all about? I mean, this is kind of a, a funny little press conference thing here, but I, I mean, you gotta love uh, the, the enthusiasm. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, for, for the locals, um, you know, besides the Packers and I'm sure there's other great things going on in, in Green Bay. I'm just not as familiar with it, but in terms of, you know, sort of national attention, this is a, a rare thing where you have somebody like Donald Trump coming to town and holding a press conference. But, you know, you can look at the video. I think it's still on YouTube. It's a little, you know, low key and sort of awkward in like an open space in the airport as compared to a press conference that takes place in Trump tower or, you know, at a um, Harley Davidson in, in New York city or, or something like that um and it seems like mcmahon has kind of checked out also knowing sort of like that this won't mean anything right if especially media back then if they're going to publish the story the next day they're going to talk about trumping announces the owner of raw and then have to say that oh it's all taken back that night anyway um one of the Interesting things Trump told the reporter is that in reference to the fans, they like Trump. They like Trump. I love it. I just think it's just so funny that they really kind of wanted really to put it out there. I mean, it's almost like uh, the NWO when they first started. You know that they want to put it out there. That's WBF taking over. You know, but they're not going to say it, but they're going to throw it out there. So it's like, yeah, Vince, you know, um, Trump owns Raw, but they're not going to say it's a storyline. You know what I mean? It's it's ingenious in, in marketing.
Oh, man, if only Eric Bischoff knew that uh, Trump would agree to come on uh, Nitro, that would have been something. <laughs> Join the members of the NWO. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. So Jim Ross recalls backstage, Trump's eyes were wandering, and because of WWE's new policy of hiring playboy-type models for the women's division, there were plenty of places for Donald's eyes to wander. What do you think about this? I mean, uh, he's kind of uh, maybe currying some fans, either backstage or in the arena, but he's also wondering and maybe looking at some of these models. Sure. So, you know, it's no secret um, that Donald Trump, uh, uh, you know, is interested in beautiful women, um, you know, for all of the stories that came out. Um, some people that participated in his pageants reported that he would just sort of like burst the door open and walk through when they were getting dressed and all those sort of things. So um, not to excuse it, but Donald is being Donald and uh, it just reinforces that narrative. So with you know Jim Ross saying that, I mean, it's obviously it's kind of funny, but obviously I guess it's somewhat true. McMahon kind of is going to, uh, well, let me, let me backtrack here. So Trump tells them he has been a longtime Green Bay Packers fan. Who knows if that's really true or not, right? So Trump said that he decided to make the investment. The first thing he thought of was to put the green back in Green Bay. McMahon appreciated the line and was smiling. Trump told fans that ticket money would be refunded to fans that night, and this was the first time something like this had happened, not only in wrestling but in all sports. Trump speculated that 22,000 fans could be in attendance. In fact, the rest center arena has a seating capacity of 10,200 further reduced to about 8,000 with the raw setup. What was going on here? I mean, are they really going to be giving money back? So they did refund the money. It was something else to, uh, to get Trump cheered. Although he said not to, not to get up and get the money, you know, before the show was over, you know, everyone was thinking about that first. Um, Right. Normally, a show that's going off, um, that's delivering its stars, wouldn't be refunding the money if you know everyone is there already. I was actually at a WCW show in Providence, Rhode Island, once where Goldberg um, was the uh, hottest star of the company, and he was having transportation issues. So it was sort of like the intermission was going on for like first twenty minutes, half an hour, forty-five minutes, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then they they finally announced that they'd be refunding everyone's money. So it's more of situations like that, um, but this was sort of giving money away to give it away. And of course the hyperbole and the um, exaggeration continues nearly doubling the uh, attendance that can actually uh, be held in that arena. So they actually truly refunded money. So they lost money on this show just for an angle. Yeah. I think it was somewhere between 230 and $245,000. Wow. Just to get Trump over as a babyface, I guess. Yeah, throw it from the ceiling, give them back the money. Um, you know, uh, he needs to get cheered. That's just crazy to me that they would risk losing that money. I think sort of like for what, what Trump was likely costing them, they were sort of thinking about, oh, you know, uh, well, at this point, they're so deep in it. But I think they're sort of thinking about what's the best way to uh, uh, present that. Hmm. I just, I don't know, it's good, tough to wrap my my mind around. I know that they would, you know, throw money down from the ceiling and stuff, and they're doing all this crazy stuff to really kind of get Trump over. But 
man, it just seems like maybe wasting money a little bit. I guess for for a big time ploy and for mainstream media to catch on, like, wow, you know, he refunded tickets and and you know he he gave, but it's just tough to wrap my mind. It's like, okay, we're gonna go into the show and we're gonna lose two hundred fifty thousand dollars, like crazy to me. Right. I guess they were like, well, USA is paying us five fifty, so just take about forty five percent off the top. How much do we have left? Crazy. So McMahon attempting to jump back into character was ready to take back the podium. Trump put his arm around McMahon to say how much money he had given back. McMahon had little to say and opened the floor to the media at this conference. There did not appear to be much media in attendance, however, and fans were, you know, heard shouting and yelling questions and things like that. One question was asked to why this event was held in Green Bay, right? I mean, why? Why Green Bay of all places? Yeah, so um, of course Trump had his answer. I mean, besides putting the green back in Green Bay, he said it was right. that it was a great sports town. While McMahon remained silent to the unclear ownership and decision making for storyline purposes, a photo shows McMahon and Trump laughing and chatting affably off camera during the event. Is that kind of something they didn't want to happen? Uh, you know, it's not the most impressive media showing by a WWE. It's not really a big, exciting event. But did they want a picture of them together, even though they're kind of on-screen rivals? Mm, probably not, although, you know, it's it's not the worst thing for McMahon because he liked having that association of, like, being friends with Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, maybe they wanted to wait a day or two before that got out there. So the show opening song really for Monday Night Raw usually features all the wrestlers in an impressive detail Donald Trump took up a significant portion of the show opening song along with his properties and holdings uh, too bad it was only for uh, only could be used for one week but a Trump logo is now affixed to the Raw logo most resembling a gold bar Michael Cole says the Donald Trump era has begun much like Jim Ross said the Austin era has begun Michael Cole has now christened it the Donald Trump era the fans were ready at this time for Trump as there were several signs you know shown on screen got Trump Trump money Trump 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 Trump's McMahon Trump over McMahon raw got trumped and most curiously given WB's high praise for Trump's business acumen, Trump finally invested in something good. <laughs> I mean, this is just uh, either these are fans or signs that the fans were given by WB or these are clever fans. <laughs> yeah, um, it sounded like tongue twisters also when they're all in a row. So yeah, kudos oh on that. <laughs> um, you know, the fans at, at the times, sort of the holding up the signs thing was a uh, was a good carryover from uh, the Attitude Era. I remember the first wrestling show I went to in 1990. I was in like, sort of the worst seats in Madison Square Garden. And it was televised, I think, on Madison Square Garden Network. But I had my um, poster tag sign, but there was no way, even if they wanted to put it on, mm. they would get it on. But you sort of felt like part of the experience. So having a week to plan and think about Trump, um, I think these were fans that uh, made up the signs as opposed to the Secrets of Wrestling that aired once on network TV where they had handing out signs to fans and, and stunt grannies. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, going back to this, Trump announced from the ring to all the fans in attendance they would be getting their money back, a return of $230,000 to the fans, or a stump, uh, Trump stated 245000 naturally leading to cheers. He said this is the only one that would happen for the fans. Is this like, I don't know, I'm still just trying to wrap my head around it. Is this something that the workforce and the people in WB were okay with? Because there was a cost-cutting move around this time as well. So it was, isn't it almost a slap in the face to the workforce? 
Yeah, so it, it always seems like it's the um, the day-to-day workers that suffer there. Um, the the workforce was cut by 10% um, recently. So sort of, you know, it's not hard to see the connection between, okay, um, with health insurance, would that have paid to retain one person, two people, probably three people. And, you know, you think about your friends and it's kind of disappointing. And even today with record profits, um, the company continues to um, cut staff. So even when the company is doing well, it's, it's somewhere that they look to first. So Trump reminds fans uh, that he's going to provide a top-notch match for the night, better than McMahon would ever have given them. Trump also portrayed as you know having a high-quality limousine while McMahon's is broke down, and Trump would take over McMahon's office, leading to frustration for Vince. Is this just going to be like the funny storyline of oh you know everything Trump does is better than Vince, and Vince is going to be like the disgruntled heel getting crapped on the whole time? Yeah, so there was um, there was only one good limousine in all of Green Bay, Wisconsin. I wonder what happens when the Packers need a ride somewhere. You know, if everyone can fit in the one limousine, but uh, but that was the the ongoing storyline for the night. And Trump trumps McMahon yet again. I love it. I just think it's funny that it just keeps happening. I guess Vince is just a great heel and a great. You know, somebody to play off of really well if you want to get cheered. And uh, Donald Trump obviously wanted that. So what else is going to go on throughout the night? Because he's going to you know, really be, you know, not new initiatives, but he's really going to be pumping up this card and adding different things to the show. Right. So um, one of the elements that, I mean, it didn't carry well then, but even more so um, through today's lens, the WWE still maintains an anti-bullying campaign. And um, for gags, they put on a Miss WrestleMania, which was played by Santino Morella. Um, um, and uh, Trump couldn't contain his disgust at seeing a man in, in a dress and fired him, noting, I'm doing the same thing I did to you as I did to Miss California. Um, Miss California at the time was under fire for her stance on opposing same-sex marriage and because um, uh, sort of revealing photos of her had come out. Um, so, and Trump had fired her for not fulfilling her duties. But um, interestingly, this uh, version of Santina Morella um, was not gone forever. Um, uh Morella made the return at the 2020 Royal Rumble in the women's match. A sight gag as Morella was dressed in a top with silver stars, a miniskirt, and a wig. Weird thing to bring back, maybe even in today's climate, even weirder to bring that back. Uh, that's for sure. So Trump began talking about WrestleMania 26, but McMahon's music interrupted him after experiencing you know, one hell of a night of on-screen frustration and one week of disappointment as far as fan interest. The McMahon character was ready to wave the white flag. What happens next? So he said McMahon felt that he was being set up by Trump, that Trump would force McMahon to financially support Raw, and McMahon would eventually go bankrupt by letting fans in for free and not having any commercial television revenue. I'm not sure how that makes sense if Trump bought it, but it continues on. With, with Trump serving as the owner in the storyline, this argument didn't exactly make sense, but rash decisions had to be made and some sort of reason given. Vince McMahon would have to buy back the show. 
So, of course, in order to demonstrate his sharp business acumen in the storylines, Trump did not agree to a sale until McMahon offered double the purchase price. Trump was not willing to take a lowball offer as he said that since he bought Raw, he could do whatever he wanted. The fans were quiet when Trump shook McMahon's hand on the deal. McMahon invoked Trump's best-selling book once again, The Art of the Deal, in saying he knew Trump has to negotiate, but it wasn't fair. Interesting. I just feel like why do all that and, and really pump it up only for it to be over and him sell it back? Just to, literally just a you know quick ploy, quick ratings get, and that's it? Yeah, so you know, they really had to get out of this storyline because it was hurting the WWE stock price and um they didn't feel that it was is hitting as well as they had expected. And it's interesting that sort of the the big angle that gets them out of it is this prolonged negotiation which uh, we talked about in an earlier podcast when McMahon wanted someone on a plane to stop smoking he uh, he had kept offering a different number and getting turned down and finally getting it and then saying everybody has a price for the million dollar man hmm. that's right great story now I feel like this was all just set up so Vince can say to Trump you're fired right I mean it just seems to all be you're fired seems to be what Vince really his end game is here so he, yeah, he gets he gets in that line which uh, both had used in different ways in their own uh, worlds. Um, but uh, McMahon doesn't get the open, uh, uh, you know, the advantage yet again um, because Trump slapped McMahon in a final act of the defiance. The fans, uh, despite being given up on by Trump in pursuit of a solid return on his investment, chanted his name in unison. Trump slapped McMahon. This would make a total of three physical attacks by Trump on McMahon without any retaliation. The announcers were quick to point out that we've just seen the art of the deal. So this book is mentioned even more than Trump mania in our own podcast. Branding, branding, branding. Gotta love that. The June 22nd show was a huge rating success, a 4.53 Nielsen rating, 6.8 million viewers, the highest rated show since March of 2004. So holy moly, goes uh, quite a number of years there as being the top uh, rating getter. Viewership increased to 7.8 million viewers by our number two. So what do you think about that rating success? Yes. So, you know, not having commercials always helps, but certainly bringing in a top star and having a storyline that was intriguing on some level, even if it was nonsensical, really helped uh, to pull in ratings. So it was kind of too bad that it didn't last longer um, or at least ride this waiting, ratings wave. Now, there's a former writer that has something to say. What is that former writer saying? So... Basically, here she says, you can't capture the same magic twice, lightning in a bottle. And Trump um, kind of has agreed with that before when talking about his uh, entrance or his participation in different things that just doesn't go as well the second time. So I'm not sure what he's thinking about in terms of the reelection. It's just one of those things where it's like, wow, if it's that much of a rating success, I wonder, uh, yeah, maybe go to the well again and, and see if you can pull a good rating. No? Uh, I think that they were sort of like so into it and then pulled back on it so quickly that they were sort of like all done with it and, and ready mm. to move on. The Donald J. Trump Foundation received a further $1 million for his participation in this two-week storyline. Is this a fact? Uh, yes. So that that is something that's, that's documented. Um, 
And remember how much did he actually participate, right? One videotaped interview, uh, one talk from an airport, and then the show, and then it was over. <laughs> nice way to make a million bucks. There's no yes. doubt about that. So in addition to the direct contributions to Trump's foundation at the time, the McMahons may have provided Trump a favor in a real estate transaction as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I'm not sure, you know, if this has really come out in the in the wrestling world. So if you are listening from a news site that ends with a Z or something, this might be a hot um, subject. Please reference us. So <laughs> in October 2009, the McMahons purchased a condo, 3,900 square foot duplex penthouse at Trump Park Towers in Stanford for $4.1 million, about a million dollars over its market value. The purchase was a high-profile buy for a property that was seeking attention and sales. At the time of the purchase, only two of the six penthouses had been sold with the McMahons purchasing the largest unit. The McMahons lived in Greenwich and had no plans to move to Stanford. At one point, the McMahons were 51 days late in paying taxes on their property. The McMahons owned seven properties at the time of the purchase. Um, a real estate agent from Sotheby's told the Greenwich Times, in a weird kind of way, McMahon is buying into the town because Trump is the apotheosis of the redevelopment down here. This is really the centerpiece. And I think in a way, it's a statement. Who better really to buy it? By 2017, the property value was down to $1.9 million, perhaps another in a long line of business misses outside of professional wrestling for the McMahons or good investment in staying in Trump's good graces. Interesting. Uh, I guess like the, you never really know what people are doing, right, with real estate and and what they're doing with their money and everything else. Just like, that's kind of just an interesting little uh, side note, little uh, transaction there going on. The McMahons and the uh, Trumps, like, it's okay. Trump goes into uh, his world, and now they're kind of going into Trump's world. Yeah, I love those little tidbits that are lost along the way. So cool. Uh, just to, like, learn, like, little things, because it's like, you you wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? You obviously really did your research, and you get these little tidbits. It's one of those things that's like, wow, you, who knew, like, you know, they were not in bed together, but who knew there was more stuff involving the McMahons and, and Trump, really, right? I mean, there seems to be little nuggets like this out there. I love love that stuff. Right, and they, they had beds under the same roof. They might have been on different floors. Yeah, yep, that too. So here's a shocking one for me at the time. I remember this vividly. On September 16th, 2009, Linda McMahon, the CEO, the chief executive officer of WWE, announces that she was resigning from the company after announcing her candidacy to run for United States Senate. This was very, very shocking at the time. I know for me as a wrestling fan, but a lot of wrestling fans, not only shocked that she's going into politics, but like, wow, the CEO, you know, Vince's wife quit WWE. What the hell? Yeah. And, and what was interesting that had come out at the time was that she'd actually been disengaging from her responsibilities in the year prior to explore a potential run. Um, of course, you know, mainstream media said maybe The Rock and Triple H will serve as campaign managers. Um, you know, and, and no surprise at the time as everything was was pretty insular. Uh, Vince assumed his wife's title as well as remain chairman. Um, McMahon told the Associated Press that his wife never does anything half-hearted and is 100% serious. McMahon said that she can't sit on the sidelines anymore, presumably in reference to political office and not her overall visibility in comparison to her husband. 
it is, I don't know, to me, it's like, wow, like, I know she wants to do other things in the political realm, but this is uh, Vince's baby here. This is Vince's company. You're kind of not leaving him high and dry. And I know he understands and he was pushing for it maybe, but to me, it's almost like, wow, what in the world? I can't believe uh, she's kind of leaving the uh, WB. I think she kind of, she always had aspirations of her own and I don't imagine that she was sort of like a big wrestling fan um, growing up um, that was more sort of like situational and they found a way to make it work. And now that, you know, her kids were, were older, um, if not yet mature, no, um, but uh, you know, she, she, she had more time to go off and, and do her own thing, which she's followed along that path uh, pretty consistently since then. So they are seven years removed from the raunchiest content, the really the Attitude Era, and they wanted to make a clear distinction to the public. The product of the V is currently very separate from the issues that are facing this country. So it's like, okay, let's divide the line here. Stop bringing up storylines. We don't do that stuff anymore. Really, I mean, they kind of do, but really they're staying away from the raunchy stuff. Let's focus on the country and the things at hand. Let's not talk about storylines. So I think that's kind of where Jesse Ventura kind of pops in again, right? Yes. So, you know, Ventura was sort of quick um, to try to warn McMahon before she ran to the pitfalls, such as any potential skeletons in her closet. But he said he had no plans to support her as he never supports candidates from traditional parties. Oh, interesting. Um, Some saw her experience in WWE as getting her ready for the rough, rough world of Capitol Hill, right? I mean, some people thought it a positive rather than a negative. But she, she smartly disassociated from it. So she said, mm-hmm. this isn't going to prepare me any more for D.C. than the Terminator prepared Schwarzenegger to run for governor of California. <laughs> she is, and, and we've we've talked about so many little quotes and, you know, the Abraham Lincoln thing and so many quotes from other episodes. She is very quick-witted. I don't know if she's pre-planning and pre-thinking of these great lines, but if you think about it, it's like, wow, she nailed that, knocked that out of the park. That is a great answer and a great response. Yeah, she's she's sharp in putting it out there. They should have put her on the writing team. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah, uh, that's uh, for sure. By 2009 and the years that followed, checks of 10000 and often 25000 were commonplace from Linda McMahon to Republican-centric causes. What is going on here? Is this kind of lay the land, the uh, normal stuff that goes on and, and just, hey, I'm donating money here. Hey, donating money there. Yeah, so she's sort of like getting her feet wet, sort of building uh, um, exposure and sort of showing that she's a player, somebody you need to court. Um, but really, funny enough, she wasn't afraid to give to Democratic candidates that she liked at the time as well. So the next right labeled her as a liberal wrestling promoter. Ooh, I can see that. And Linda's political knowledge has also been enhanced through her connection to Lowell Wicker Jr., who we've mentioned on this show before, right? Bring us kind of up to speed with Lowell. Right. So he was not only a former Connecticut governor, but a senator, and he served on their board. Now, with him, it's like... um, he says, I wouldn't sit on its board of directors unless I was proud of the company I am in, whether good or bad in the product you sell. People vote with their feet and they're playing to packed houses all over the United States. The intelligence factor is very much a part of Linda. She's a decent lady. Really kind of putting her over, right? Yeah, these were the good days. For some, Things turned sour a little bit later, but but right now he's still praising her. 
what does Hulk Hogan have to say? I mean, we're talking about Ventura and Trump. I mean, who cares about those guys? What does Hulk Hogan have to say? Hogan, in smartly thinking ahead, said, I think she's going to win. She's brilliant. She's a very gracious, very smart lady. And her intent and her agenda has always been to help the community and be plugged in and be involved. Inside or outside the wrestling that the McMahons have created, Linda McMahon is a great person. Who is margaret carlson and why is she taking how a, a very dim and grim look at not only linda mcmahon but the republican party so margaret carlson was a, a commentator with the pittsburgh post gazette and sort of thinking about mcmahon and wrestling it was the opportunity to take a dim view of things as a whole it's hard to imagine that the hatred voters must harbor towards washington to make Ms. mcmahon a viable candidate for the republican party which stokes that hatred no imagination is needed um she felt that mcmahon's primary victory that the gop is now moving from the year of the outsider to the year of the outside the bounds of normal I feel like uh, she's not a wrestling fan, right? No, I think people often think about it like, um, you know, without knowing it, sort of like if you hear somebody's coming from the world of pornography or uh, monster trucks or, I mean, not that the two are similar, but like something that you have like no respect for and think sort of shouldn't be long, that um, you're not even going to think about who the person is. You just think about the industry and what it represents. Dante Ramos in the Boston Sunday Globe was more positive about Linda, says she turns out to be confident, media savvy campaigner who converted her vulnerabilities into selling points. Ramos also stated she is clearly more comfortable in politics than on-screen wrestling. Uh, so he must be a fan if he's seen any of her on-screen work. I just love that uh, you get both sides of the spectrum here. Margaret is ripping, you know, really ripping the Republicans, but I could tell not a wrestling fan, and then Dante is probably a wrestling fan. He's going to put her over. Yeah, it's sort of like your perspective, sort of like just like a lot of things. You either get it or you don't, and it's one of those things that if you don't get it, you're very negative towards it. Now, next year, I feel like I've never talked about Sacred Heart University so much than, than we have in the last few weeks, right? I mean, Linda and, and Vince are like tied to Sacred Heart University for some reason. Road trip. <laughs> I don't know, you know, what their COVID practices are right now, but I'd love to one day take a picture at like Linda McMahon Commons or whatever it's called. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they had another fundraising event there, right? Uh, the Democratic opponent, Richard Blumenthal, was in attendance. What is going on here? So this is a, a great moment that was um, reportedly sort of like lost to time. So Vince attended the event and kind of embarrassed himself and, and Linda, who's trying to build credibility. So he introduced himself to the audience and he directed his attention to Linda's opponent, Blumenthal. My name is Vince McMahon and my wife is the one who's going to beat you this fall. The two were reported as shaking hands later, but Vince telling him that Linda was going to whoop him in the election. Blumenthal laughed, at least on the outside. I feel like too much wrestling promoter here. I mean, you know, dial it back, right? I mean, it's a fundraising event. Right. And Linda, I think she kind of wants to divorce herself from wrestling as much as possible. And we'll even see at a later point, there's even a WWE show where she doesn't show up. And it's sort of like the show is being held sort of like in her honor. I do think that it's probably smart, and I'm sure whoever was running her campaign was probably saying, I mean, I could be wrong, but probably saying, hey, maybe distance yourself from WWE. 
Yes. Yeah, so actually, that's sort of while we're focusing on the first campaign, that was in retrospect, she lost. Sorry, spoiler. Um, that uh, that was one of the things they realized they did wrong, that they tried to lean too heavily on her business background with WWE and um, they didn't humanize her enough. Ah, interesting. So while a SmackDown Your Vote was still active, the McMahon campaign had a voter registration idea of its own at the University of Connecticut. Students can, uh, conducting registration would receive an extra $5 if they registered as a Republican. Is this correct? Is this legal? Is this true? So this is true, according to the, the student newspaper. Um, they even had a, a cartoon that I've been tweeting every once in a while, sort of like Linda McMahon buys votes. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a great, um, great little factoid that I found. So it's a practice that the Justice Department has frowned on, said Anthony Esposito, president of the Registrars of Voters Association of Connecticut. He felt that it was unethical. But once the plan received publicity, it was canceled. Ed Patru, her com campaign's communications director, said, I'll say that it's important to Linda that everything this campaign does be above board and legal. Yeah, and definitely. I, it does not sound legal. Honestly, at that time, for five bucks, I would have registered myself, too. So it was a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Especially at a college campus, let's be honest here. Like, yeah, that five bucks is going to get you McDonald's down the street or something. I mean, you're doing it, you know. You, whether you care for the cause or not, you're doing it. Instead of like the MasterCard t-shirt with, with the Mets logo on it, you know, it's something different. <laughs> yep, yep, true. As of uh, late September 2010, Richard Blumenthal campaign did not comment on recent wrestling deaths of WB performers like Luna Vachon and Lance Cade as their complaint, excuse me, as the campaign got closer to its conclusion, Blumenthal's campaign began to use it as an issue. Yes. Yeah, so at first you're sort of like, okay, let's be above this all. But when it feels like things are close, you sort of start fighting dirty. So um, his, uh, of, uh, Mindy Myers of his campaign said, the death of these wrestlers is clearly a tragedy as the people of Connecticut examine Linda McMahon's record as CEO. Undoubtedly, there are questions regarding her role in the health and safety of her wrestlers that she needs to answer. Crazy. Oh, man. It's kind of a low blow in fighting dirty, but that's politics for you. So the company would initiate a stand-up for a WWE campaign as a direct result for the senatorial race, according to Vince McMahon in the first YouTube video. What's the purpose of this campaign? So, you know, this is it's interesting because it's the company saying it, even though Linda was trying to divorce herself from it, that, you know, they just didn't like the way things were coming out. Um, the media was was being elitist and looking down at them and and uh, government officials as well. A series of videos aired featuring longtime WWE employees as well as third generation wrestlers emphasizing how the company was a family. A subsection of its website would post rebuttals to unfavorable media coverage. I think that, I don't know, no one say necessary, but I feel like Vince felt it was necessary, right? Like to kind of, oh, I got to fight back. You know, they're, they're taking low blows. I want to fight back. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a hard thing to do because um, let's say a legitimate media resource is, is sort of stating facts and you're like, well, let's let's rebut that on a subsection of WWE.com. It, it's sort of, um, uh, it would only sort of feed into your need to do it rather than like answer on an even um, base yeah, I feel like it's just one of those things where like, I feel like I need to do something and you get mad about it, but you're not really accomplishing anything or doing anything about it. To me, anyway, that's the way I think it seems. Right, look for my rebuttal on my blog or on Twitter. <laughs>
Yeah, exactly. A, a Republican conservative talking head and Coulter, who may be the reason we had Zeb Coulter. We don't know that for sure. Oh, uh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Described the election season in 2010 for Republicans as a roll the dice. What do you think? Roll the dice or what? So, you know, she had a uh, an interesting perspective as as somebody that um, is very polarizing. Um, let's run a pro professional wrestling impresario for the U.S. Senate. Hey, you never know. So she wasn't impressed by this line of thinking. She felt that Connecticut's educated population was going to have to hold its nose and elect Blumenthal so as not to support someone from the world of wrestling. So she felt like a Republican would have a good chance, but she was such a bad choice that people would vote the other way. And uh, she had missed out on the gift that um, actually McMahon's campaign helped to dredge up, which was that Blumenthal sort of, um, he talked up his Vietnam service as more than it was. Uh, it was something like he said he was in Vietnam, but it was more he served during Vietnam, but he wasn't anywhere near Vietnam. Um, oh, so it was, it was one of those like political things that, um, that could have sunk his campaign. Oh boy. Man, that's, that's, uh, I don't know, for somebody that's saying professional friggin' wrestling, ripping wrestling, that's uh, pretty low down and dirty to lie, you know, um, what is that, stolen valor, kind of, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's a touchy subject. Right. For for those that served or had family members that served, and certainly if they gave the ultimate sacrifice, that would be something uh, very meaningful to them, if not to everyone. So why is Lowell Wicker, and he, obviously we mentioned before the connection to McMahon's, why is he endorsing another candidate in 2010? So, you know, for whatever reason, their their relationship is uh, is starting to fray. Uh, maybe it was good to serve on the board when, when things were lower key. But now that she's in his world, it, it might not be serving him so well. So he said, I told her this is going to be a rough haul, but she still wanted to go ahead and do it. Linda's a grown up girl. She knows exactly what she got into. It ain't beanbags. It's a tough business. That sort of reminds me when people say wrestling ain't ballet, but yeah. ballet is actually a very tough, um, a tough and athletic endeavor. So it. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense too much. <laughs> Jim Ross is awesome. The same ballet. Oh, I love that. It's one of the best lines. Uh, so the Democratic Party was, of course, prepared to use McMahon's WB pass against her. I think they probably knew that going in, but this is what's going to happen. My hometown paper, the Asbury Park Press, had something to say about it. What the heck are they saying? Today, the party of Bob Dole, Jack Kemp, and Dick Luger, nominated candidate who kicks men in the crotch, thinks of scenes of necrophilia as entertainment, and runs an operation where women are forced to bark like dogs. I'm not sure if I've said this before, but there is no evidence that she actually found the necrophilia scenes entertaining. <laughs> And while she was a part of, you know, that Trish Stratus storyline and stuff, I doubt she had anything to do with writing any of it. You know what I mean? She's just there. <laughs> yeah, not her fault. Let's not blame her. Come on. Maybe if she like sort of like put her foot down and was like, this doesn't represent us well at all. Do not do this. You know, I give, you know, this is my strongest stance on it. She might have influenced it, but she didn't, you know, as far as we know, stand up and do that. And, and it rolled on. Vince is probably like, if I make out with Trish Stratus in front of you, I will fund your campaign and you can run for Senate. <laughs> who, you know, who knows what happened? You never know what, what agreements uh, you know they have in this crazy life. Vince is a sick bastard, though, if you think about it. I mean, he's making out with Trish in front of Linda. I mean, kind of just some crazy storylines uh, involving Vince and, and even Linda. It was all for the love of the art. Uh, so New Jersey Governor Chris Christie hit the campaign trail and supported fellow Republicans in 2010, including Linda. He is a support of 18 candidates would help his visibility if he were to decide to run for president one day. 
More of the candidates he supported won than lost, while McMahon ended up on the loser. Oh, why? How? Was it close? Um, so I think it, it was close. So it wasn't like, you know, he, uh, Chris Christie would have gone like and put himself on the line if, um, you know, if he didn't feel she had a chance. Um, but, uh, it is, it's an interesting thing to think about because that's really who Linda McMahon was supporting early on in the 2016 election on the Republican side, um, because of, support and connection she'd made to Chris Christie. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons she was a little bit shaky on, on endorsing Trump and was somewhat critical of him too. So what does Gail Kim have to say about this? A, you know, an underutilized female wrestler in the WWE. So, yeah, I mean, she was one of my favorites um, in TNA with her matches with Awesome Kong. If, yep. if you're not familiar with that, go go back and, and check that out on YouTube or wherever. Um, so she's actually in a in a rare position as a uh, retired wrestler, semi-retired wrestler, because her husband is a very successful chef. So she doesn't need it for the finances. But she was around during these times. And she said, I find it ironic that some wrestling fans say don't miss wrestling and politics which I believe I don't, but you should know that WWE did mix the two when Linda ran for Senate. They literally had a room set up for a video campaign for town to speak about how great WWE was. I love it. The thing about it is really, um, do you think there's a, a connection with her running and Vince wanting her to run? So, I think she sort of did it more of her own volition. He, yeah, that's what I think too. I, I would probably guess that if he had a, you know, the ultimate choice, he would probably say no, sort of like just stay in the company. She was, she was doing a good job in, in what she was doing, but I think she, um, she found this, this passion of hers um, and, and was going all out. While Vincent Mann publicly stayed away from the campaign just prior to the election in 2010, he announced that he planned to give away WB merchandise at select polling locations that fans would, you know, be free, you know, to, to wear a WB t-shirt and uh, that would be great. Right. I mean, he's kind of not, I guess it's not illegal, but he's definitely kind of helping the cause saying, Hey, WB fans, I'm going to give out some free merch. So the the point where you come up with problems is when you do it too close to a polling location. So upon being informed of strict rules that requires no campaign within 75 feet of a polling spot, he planned to give away the merchandise within the acceptable distance. While originally ruled that the merchandise could not be worn on election day, Secretary of State Susan Bizowitz, um, I might be misspelling, uh, mispronouncing that, said that the voters would be allowed to wear WWE merchandise into the polling booths. Um, the importance of having sort of like a clear space for people to vote has actually come up recently, just in one uh, place that allowed for early voting. Um, the, the state escapes me. There was actually... Um, Trump supporters that were sort of blocking the uh, polling place and people that wanted to vote had to walk through them. So it was sort of like intimidating people from being able to vote. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Kind of makes sense. I would maybe, maybe you don't want to vote. Like, oh, what the hell's going on over here? Too much of a crowd. Uh, I could see that. So on uh, September excuse me, Saturday, October 30th, 2010, WB held a Fan Appreciation Day in Hartford's XL Center. The 15,000-seat arena was set up for 11,000 and was sold out. The 
company had regular toured there, um, Raw, SmackDown, consistent with TV brands, um, combined Super Show. What is going on here um, as far as this fan appreciation day in Connecticut? So the, you know, something was going on because, you know, normally when you book a show, you do it months and months in advance. You have to get the right arenas and have everything lined up. But this event was booked only a month in advance and ticket prices were cheaper. So you can get people into the building. The WWE wanted to thank the fans of Connecticut for their support amid the harsh examination of the sport that has accompanied former CEO Linda's campaign for the U.S. Senate, according to the Hartford Current. A fan in attendance, Jeffrey Kokil, held up the sign and said, Linda for U.S. Senate, uh, from the floor. Vince McMahon even made a rare, rare appearance for a non-televised show. Speaking from the center of the ring, he said, some people may think I was going to talk about politics today. Nothing could be further from the truth. However, I do encourage you to vote this Tuesday. And while you're voting, feel free to wear a T-shirt. He claimed that he had been the subject of lies by politicians, subject to distortion, equivocation by some members of the media during the campaign for U.S. Senate. Most interestingly... Linda Command's campaign had confirmed her plans to attend the show, but she was not there. Her campaign said her schedule was not as flexible as planned as she campaigned in five cities that day. The Hartford Current conducted interviews with a random sampling of fans in attendance and found that she received wide support. They're attacking her family business, which is not really fair. She's not going after Blumenthal's family. I definitely think it's wrong that they take wrestling in negative light. There's a lot of good they do, like charity work. The interesting thing here is that it's a super show. So you get the Raw and SmackDown troops uh, on the show. So Triple H defeats Del Rio for you know one brand and Cena defends his world title against Kane, technically the other brand. So, I mean, they this is a, a show that they put a lot of effort in so they can have all their stars on the show, make sure it's a sellout, trying to get as much at, uh, attention and focus on this election, right? I mean, it does seem not obvious, but it does seem like overt by Vince to be doing that. Right. And, you know, Linda McMahon not showing up when she was expected to be there. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. odd. Right. So I think this is, again, the company sort of like when I say, well, you know, no, we have to support you. And her being like, no, please let me just do my own thing. Like, right. um, so it was that push and pull and kind of embarrassing, um, you know, from that perspective. Just a few days later, on Tuesday, November 2nd, the company returns to the state for SmackDown taping in Bridgeport, a heavily Democratic enclave. What do you think about this? So, you know, it is interesting that it's on the Tuesday, but sort of like, you know, these shows, they end like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, maybe a little bit earlier for that show. But what are people going to do? Like, they're going to run into the the voting booth then. So it might have just been like sort of like a, a show of presence. but. I don't see it as like convincing voters at that time. The world wrestling entertainment will not be bullied or intimidated by whining allegations intended to censor our freedom of speech. The show goes on. I love that. I love that line. Yes. The show must go on while WWE avoided advocating anything overtly political at the show. There are vans in front of the arena, pushing various Republican candidates, including Linda. Once inside, there was only one Linda for Senate banner visible. Vince McMahon smoke from the ring again, you know, with the similar phrase um, in a postmortem of the election, the Hartford current ascribed McMahon's loss, not only to her WWE past, but partly for her inability to take a clear stance on social security and Medicare related issues. So this, 
you know, really kind of in conclusion and really kind of wrapping up this episode, was this loss because of the Social Security and the Medicare related issues or was it really because she's a part of the or was part of the WB and that past came back to haunt her in a political way? I think, you know, the first thing that they saw was like, maybe next time we will try it that, you know, not so heavy on on the WWE and you'll have a couple of years removed from that. But I think throughout her two campaigns, um, her inability to like sort of focus and um, give concrete facts about issues was concerning to voters. Hey, if Jesse won, she probably thought she would win, right? I mean, uh, it seems seems logical. Um, yeah, you know, each each state sort of has its own and feel to it. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know, like she was sort of like a more above board in terms of her issues. Jesse was really able to capitalize on sort of the, the disaffected voter, which, which really helped Trump. So next week on the show, it will be all about Donald Trump entering the WWB Hall of Fame. I was there on that fateful night in Madison Square Garden. He was great. It was epic. It was a great night. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, that's going to be a, a fun one for sure. Right next week. Hey, I was there too. Oh, nice. Didn't know that. Look at that. Damn. <laughs> so, yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we promise we will discuss Linda's second run for the Senate as well. Oh, hell yeah, we will. So just wrapping it up. Just want to say you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two man power trip. You can find the two-man power trip on Facebook, and you can check out our website, tmptempire.com. What about this awesome Trump mania book, the new election edition 2020? Where can they get it? Yes. So um, all roads lead to Amazon. If you like what you're hearing here, help me keep the lights on. I got kids. Hashtag. So uh, (laughs) buy a copy or three for yourself and, and your friends and get informed ahead of the election. Right. Awesome stuff this week. Lavi, did you mention uh, your Twitter and everything? Did we get that out there? Not yet. So yeah, get that out there. Sure. So tweet me at Lavi Marg, L-A-V-I-E-M-A-R-G. I'm on there way too much and I'd love to uh, interact with you. Nice. Love that. Um, Also, didn't you have a great website as well? Yes, so um, lioncubjobsearch.com. So not only great wrestling analysis, but if you're looking for a job or interviewing help, it's all on there. Nice, good stuff. And like I said, I am very much looking forward to next week's episode, which is all about Donald Trump entering, and maybe shockingly entering, the WWE Hall of Fame. It's going to be a good one. So thank you, everybody, for joining us this week, and we will see you right here next week on Trump Mania. See you next week, folks. Money, 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 money. money.